everyone, uh, welcome to an eventual edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, and now week-long invalid, Amiga Aaron, joined by a man who has kept his Cal Ripken-like streak of attendance intact. I give you the fully healthy, in fighting shape, the Brent. Aaron, I haven't been fully healthy since about 15. Well, it's fully healthy for you. I didn't want to have to go in there okay, and explain there <laughs> hey everybody, sorry, uh, uh, we kind of skipped part of a week there, uh, your boy here has been under the weather, uh, but I'm, I'm rallying, brother, because nothing could keep me away from this episode, because it's so, <laughs> except, except what it did last it's week. It's so going up, I, I think that what we did this week, it, it caused my illness, because the, we spun the wheel a couple weeks ago, we made the deal, and this week, uh, the Brit, we're going to be looking at BAM, Commodore 64 exclusive games, these yes. are games that were only released on the C64. This all stemmed, Brent, from your idiotic conversation with me at BoatFest. You want to go into that for the people that didn't see it? Yeah, for anyone that missed it, uh, we had a speed run at, at BoatFest where we would spin the wheel and in incre- and time increments, and time increments would get lower and lower and lower. And we spun C64 a couple times, and started talking about C64 exclusives. And every C64 exclusive that people named out were not exclusives. Yeah, it was so, it was eye-opening, wasn't it? So when this spun, for the, <laughs> this is like the sixth or seventh uh, official time we've covered the C64. And, and we said, gosh darn it, this time we're going to find some actual exclusives. A list, Aaron, that is remarkably small yeah i've got Remark- for for a system for a a uh computer that had so many games their exclusive hits number in the dozens yeah and i was it so was surprising surprised. it was surprising if you're watching along uh, at home i've got a list to the right here of, of according to wiki these are the games that were exclusive to the system i did find a couple where they kind of dropped the ball some of the games or appear yep. on other systems, but they weren't officially released as well. So it's got to take that into account. But yeah, you know, I, when we went to look to see what we could play, I will say that I, the the pickets, I'm not going to say they were slim. I mean, we've played many a computer on this show where I had less of a choice. You know, yeah. and there were some good choices uh, uh, before we ultimately picked what we did. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's surprising to me too that a machine like the uh, C64 would have so few exclusives, but of course, you've got to think at the time, uh, with so many 8-bit systems out uh, and, and about, it wouldn't make much sense to make your uh, game exclusive if you could get away with porting it, and of course, why not make your port a quick and dirty, uh, like my personal favorite, make it for the ZX Spectrum and then port it to everything else, uh, the ZX yeah. Spectrum version, which happened a lot, occasionally you'd see that in reverse. Uh, but uh, usually you're gonna put, you're gonna make your game to to the uh, system with the lowest specs and work your way up from there. Going over this list, uh, Brent, I don't know how, how many of these did you try before you settled on what you picked? More than a couple. I was really, really close to pick to picking Steve Garvey versus Jose Canseco in Grand Slam Baseball. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. There's one on here <laughs> called Mancopter. That I yeah. almost picked, but I remember Flack covered that on Sprite Castle one time, and I thought, well, that one's that one's sort of been looked at. 
Uh, there were a few other ones on here, including the Steve Garvey one. Steve Garvey's a, uh, uh, if we don't know who that is, he's an American baseball player from back in the 80s. He was a big deal uh, as a baseball player, but he was also well known as a womanizer. And Jose Canseco was part of the big steroid scandal of the of the 90s. He was part of the, yes. on the Oakland A's. So I love Jose Canseco. I mean, not he's a he's a fairly uh, despicable human being. But when the whole steroid things were going on, it was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I use steroids. Oh yeah, he's he's <laughs> among other things, he's known for having the ball bounce off his head to go over the top yes. of the fence for a home run. He's also been a uh, celebrity boxed. Uh, uh, he's he's done a little bit of everything, uh, except the one thing he hasn't done is not cheat at baseball. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, that yeah, that one was on I my list. That was such an odd pairing to put to. To uh, headline your baseball game, another one I really was wanting to look at was Wooden Ships and Iron Men. Cool uh, name. This is a uh, Avion Hill game. Avalon but, Hill. Yeah, sorry. They were, sorry they're, Avalon and Avalon Hill, Hill, an old, uh, an old uh, a war game, uh, uh, and eventually dipped their toe into uh, RPGs for way, way back, way, way back. Yeah, uh, but the game was way complicated. Yeah, and. I eventually was like, you know, it was based on a board game. That's why I was going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I was just like, no, this is this is too much. Uh, and it also was not very good. So there you go. I, w- I was surprised to see an Indiana Jones game among the list. That was surprising yep. to me. There was an arena football. In fact, there it goes. There was an arena football game on the list. If, if you've never played arena football, it's a indoor American football that you played like civic centers and stuff. We've actually, I've been to a game of that. Uh, not that good, uh, but uh, it, that that's piqued my interest. This is one we could go back to uh, someday, Brent. I saw enough here where I, I thought, hey, I, w- I wouldn't mind giving this another whirl. But we end up. Well, one more one more uh, shout out on a gift to a non-selected game. Yeah, is Fast Tracks the computer slot car construction kit? And the Ooh, reason why I was that cool with that yeah. is you can actually make your own tracks. Oh. Uh, well, I would assume, yeah. But uh, I, I eventually, and share them, you could share them on a disc with someone who didn't own the game. Neat. How is that? That right? is cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was going to go down that route, but uh, I, I ended up going with what I went with, obviously. Yeah, so we might as well just own up to it, uh, Brent. <laughs> so... I was looking over this list, and you know me. I get obsessed with stuff, uh, and or I'll see stuff that catches my fancy. And so I'll admit that I picked my game this week without actually looking at the game uh, at first, uh, because I was so... Uh, it, it shot a name in my face that I hadn't seen or thought of for a long time in my life. I'm going to lead the dance so you know it's gold. Uh, when I... <laughs> Yeah, I hope you have a lot to say about this, because I have very little. (laughs) Well, when I demonstrate to you the awe-inspiring awesomeness that is Shirley Modowney's Top Fuel Challenge. Now, I'm going to get to the game in a minute, but I want to talk about what drew me to it. I had not heard the name Shirley Modowney for a long time, uh, but as a kid... Shirley Modowney was very known to me because she was a uh, drag car racer. In fact, yes. she was really the first prominent lady 
to uh, to run the drag strip as a professional. Uh, she was known as Cha Cha Muldowney when I uh, back in the day, but uh, as a legendary uh, funny car racer. Now, if you're not familiar with funny cars or top fuel cars. These are like the long uh, cars that have like the big engines, and they just literally go down a straight track. They leave the they leave the uh, uh, start line uh, with a Christmas tree in front of them, the big long line of lights, and it's all uh, really a, a, a combination of the equipment you're using and your and your nerve, your ability to time the Christmas tree lights to take off the second they turn green. Very few people blessed with the ability to do that and so you can imagine what it's like for a lady to come rolling into this sport uh she made her debut all the way back uh in 1958 uh, she was hooked up with a guy that was a, a racer uh she got her top fuel license in 1973 she was the first ever woman to do it as you can imagine there weren't a lot of them doing it uh, but she but she got it she was a prominent figure in what was called the NHRA, the National Hot Rod Association. Uh, so get this. Amongst her accolades, uh, Brent, she won the t- top fuel title in 77, 80, and 82, right? And, yeah. and it, the other year she wasn't in, she was uh, contending. Uh, she was inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame. Uh, she was also inducted into the International Motorsports Hall of Fame. She was named one of the top 50 drivers of all time. She's a big deal. You know, uh, she she did a lot of stuff. Plus, on top of everything else, in a time where women weren't exactly being um, glorified for sports, she put everyone else to shame and really was a, a figure uh, for women of that era it's funny that her name doesn't get mentioned that much now because she was like the top of her field. This would be like in any other sport where a woman just jumped over all the men. And there would be many times on the on the racetracks where she would smoke some sucker and they would get out of their car and they'd be throwing their helmet, kicking the car, cussing her a blue streak. She just laughed. Many times this happened. I saw it. Have you ever heard of her, Brent? I had not. I, I mean, I, I know of... Uh... Danica Patrick, which kind of picked up the women in racing mantle for NASCAR, uh, but it does not sound like she, it sounds like uh, uh, Danica did not carry that mantle well. She did not excel at the sport the way that uh, yours did. Well, this is this was way before. I, I know it's Patrick. a completely different. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the funny thing about Muldowney is is that every, and this is documented, every step of the way, they tried to keep her from racing. They didn't want her in the National Hot Rod Association. They didn't want to give her the license. They didn't want to let her uh, go to events. They didn't want her participate. She had to fight for every, uh, you know, inch of land that she took on her way to those championships. And suddenly, and this is the thing that you only realize how stupid you are after the fact. Guess what happens when you've got a pretty good-looking race car chick, right? Oh, whoa! Look at all those people in the stands all of a sudden. This is probably the most popular that the uh, National Hot Rod Association and Top Fuel and Funny Car ever was, was probably when this was going on. Because she drew people, you know. 
it's uh, one thing. I mean, Danica Patrick, a good-looking girl, fairly competent driver, but not a world, not a multi-time world champion. I mean, that's Correct. that's the difference here. Not at least not in not in NASCAR. She did a lot better before she moved up to to NASCAR. Uh, they did base a, a kind of a crummy film on her life. Uh, she's been the subject of many uh, articles and and uh, 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 stuff like that, news stories. Something to look up on YouTube if you get bored. So when I saw her name uh, attached to uh, Top Fuel Challenge, I thought, man, this is going to be great. Because I like, my dad uh, was a big-time drag race guy. You know that. You're dad, too. And he yeah. also got, I don't, I don't know if he did this to you, but when I was a kid, me and he would sit around and watch these, uh, these hot rods uh, compete uh, on TV. So they were a lot more prominent back in the day than they are now. So anyway, with all that said, I took on uh, uh, Shirley Madowney's Top Fuel Challenge. What is this game? Uh, one might ask. <laughs> That's a good question. Well, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Uh, <laughs> so this is a game where you take the role of a top fuel racer. All right. Pretty cool, right? This was uh, published uh, by Cos- uh, Cosme Corporation. Now, if that name sounds familiar, uh, they were responsible for some pretty good games, according Forbidden Forest uh, was one of theirs. They did a lot of stuff. Uh, Cosme was around for a while uh, and uh, uh, had, had a hand in a lot of C64 titles. The funny, the people that worked on this, speaking of Forbidden Forest, the graphics of this were done by Paul Norman, who did Forbidden Forest in its entirety. And had a hand in uh, the Super Huey games, Defcon 5, Slinky, Navy Seals. The uh, guy who programmed the uh, uh, the Top Fuel Challenge was a fellow named Robert Teagle Bonaf- Bonifacio. It's tough to say. Uh, sure. <laughs> he was he was uh, uh, instrumental in Strike Squad, Bass Masters. Did a couple ca- kind of classics, Caverns of Kafka and Aztec Challenge. Uh, this came out in 87, uh, Brent. So, this is an interesting game. Uh, I, I mean, ish. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I, I know what you're expecting me to do to come in here and bury this game, okay? I know that's what you're expecting. This is a game that is a no-frills game. It comes up with a cool kind of a, a car opening, and then you, it doesn't hold your hand. Let's just put it that way when you start. No, it does not. When you start fact, the game. It smacks it repeatedly. Let me tell you something. This is a game, number one, you have to have the instruction sheet, okay? You've got to, alright? Because this runs down exactly what's happening here. When you run a top fuel car, there are certain... Are you raising your hand to talk? Oh, okay, never mind. I thought that was... No. <laughs> when you... When, when you run a top fuel car... Uh, teacher, teacher, I want to make a comment here, teacher. Go ahead, uh, little man. Uh, this game sucks. Well, let me get let me get through it. So, when you run one of these top fuel cars, you don't just pull up beside another car and you take off. That's not how it works. The first thing you got to do is go out and burn out the tires. That means you're, you're basically uh, getting your tires real hot. So they stick to the track better, okay? Because the tire's grip on the track is everything, okay? It's very important. And if you... I watched a lot of uh, drag races before we did the show to kind of remind myself of how it went. And a lot of times, during the actual race, 
because so at the games the same way. I'll get back to the game, but in an actual race, <laughs> you pull up your car, you burn out the tires. That means basically you hold down the brake and spin the tires. Okay, you could do two things here. Okay, you could do a proper burnout or something resembling a proper burnout. You could blow up your car because you held the brake while you pumped something that's like a, a rocket engine, right? So you can imagine what that would do. And we've all seen idiots on the streets that were trying to spin their tires. They blew up their engine like a doofus. Same thing. Uh, and then once you burn the tires out, your opponent does the same thing. They pull up to the line, and then you race. And, and often, the race comes down to one guy didn't do a good job burning out his tires, and there's a lot of smoke, and he loses. You know what I mean? The Brent. So the first yep, part of this yep. game is actually going up and burning out your tires. Now, what did you think yeah. of this, Brent? Okay, first of all, you're you're right. Burning out your tires is an important part of the uh, drag race experience. Yeah, and it's it, it's all about uh, because drag race it's all about transferring your engine's power to the wheels and the wheels to the track. That's right. Exactly. Well said, Brent. Uh, Very good. Uh, the uh, the aspect of this in the video game is incredibly frustrating. Well, and yeah. It is. And, and way, way harder to do than it ever should be. Yeah. So when you... In the, because what will normally happen is you go up to do your burnout, you start to do something, and then the screen flashes up and says, poor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when you... In the game, uh, you come up, you're in your car. Okay? So on the screen, you see, like, the front of the car... And then you see some gauges, okay? You've got one's an oil gauge, one's a, a miles-per-hour gauge, and there's a temperature gauge. When you're burning out your tires, what you're going to want to do is get your miles-per-hour to a certain area, but you don't want to go over. It's like the price is light, right, except when you lose, they don't, you don't just walk off the set. It costs you $100,000. Uh, you've got to burn those tires out, and you have to attain a certain speed to get a good burnout. Now, often... I would blow up my car right here. When that happened, you're that that you're going through a circuit, and so that race is over, and then you get to go and pay for the thing you just destroyed in about two seconds. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll come to that. If you somehow pull off the burnout, I never got anything beyond like a "you suck" message. Poor. Yeah. Yeah. Now it comes up and says poor. It is, and I. I aimed for poor because at least if I got poor, I could advance to the next stage of sucking. Right, and so, so not good. Okay, that's tough, and they they they, they don't give you any help at all. Now None. the documentation gives you help. Okay, to a certain degree, I read the documentation. I fully was versed in what was going on, and then I still failed. Exactly. But at least I knew right. what was happening. You know, when when we. Uh, when we got up there. So once you... Let's pretend for fun that you actually got your burnout to work. Okay. Then it's time to have your race... You do it twice. Yeah, you got to... Because you got to qualify. You've got to... First, you got to qualify, too. Yeah. yeah and so... Yeah. And so then that means you get to the point where you actually get to drive the car. Now, a lot of people like these racing gates where you go around curves, up and down mountains, stuff like that. That ain't drag racing. Literally, that's it. You go right down one straight piece of track. That's it. That's that is what it is. So, 
this game is already up against it in terms of that it's a very similar to Dragster, uh, the old uh, uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred game, uh, where you it's it's not the kind of game uh, where you're going to see scenery. Now the, the difference is on that game, it's that game is all timing based. This game is, uh, hmm, well, I guess there's timing in there. I don't know. <laughs> because even getting to the race on this is very difficult. And then actually racing is, I mean, something. Did you ever win a race? Uh, win a race? Yeah. No. I did win a race a couple times, uh, believe it or not. And, but you go through like a tournament, and I never got very far. Once you, uh, uh, when you have an opponent on there, you both basically burn out to the line, and then you come up to a Christmas tree, and then the Christmas tree ticks down to green, and then you shoot off. And your goal is to try to get down to the track as fast as you can without blowing up your motor. Uh, and if you win, you win. Uh, sometimes, the, the only reason I got there and won is because my opponent just didn't go very fast, uh, I guess because it was the first round. Uh, eventually, you could work your way to being champion of these of this circuit, and you, and you, this game is based on different circuits, so you'll go from one to another. If you uh, blew up your engine at any point or uh, did any damage, you get to go to repair your car, and there's a, there's like a repair screen where you can go through and replace your engine, replace your uh, throttle. You have to buy fuel. Uh, it's basically rinse and repeat. On that, one of the neat things is Shirley Maldowney's one of the other drivers, so you're going to be in direct competition with her. Newsflash: You don't do too good uh, on that. <laughs> uh, that that aspect of the game. You know, I looked a lot around a lot to get some looks on this, and I've seen few games that were as universally panned as this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, the I, world joined together in the hate for this game. I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking about, like, magazines. I mean, just, like, the fans' response. Because this game is real unknown, all right, except by a few people. And uh, those people didn't like it. But I did find some people that were really into the circuit aspect of it and were had gotten good enough. So, I mean, it is possible to do, to get past the burnout, <laughs> to qualify, <laughs> to burn out again, to, to, and then get through the races. It's possible and I'm sure if you got good at it, it would be good. But I found this game frustrating and nigh impossible. Yeah. What say you? Yeah. No, I, I I never got off the line. I never successfully made my vehicle go down the track. Really? Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I was uh, misinformed on what I was supposed to be doing or what, but I never actually got my vehicle to go down the track. And it was so frustrating because the game gave you no feedback. Uh, it was just like, yeah, you failed. Yeah, you failed. Okay, you failed, you're out. Yeah. And the, the, the pit portion of the game where you can go in and you can tweak some things and you can buy upgrades and you can do uh, a small bit of uh, like money management and car management adds to the package because without yeah. that i would oh my gosh the game is already bare bones but it's 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 uh drag racing there's not a ton you can do with drag racing it's just not that the sport isn't complicated and there are uh elements that you could do but in a software uh especially from the 80s perspective 
there's just not a whole lot to do in the game. So when the main aspect of the game is driving the vehicle, performing the burnouts, going down the track, and it's so convoluted, and it offers no assistance or no easy mode to kind of build up to it, the difficulty, I mean, your opponent gets harder. I, I, I saw that in watching some YouTube videos, but that's not that's not where the challenge of the game actually is. The challenge of the game is is figuring out what you what the game wants you to do to make your car move to get it down the track. And I, I got very frustrated. And even with the extra week since we were off last week, yeah, of fiddling with it, I never felt compelled to go back and play this anymore because I had so little success. And even at the very tippity top of success, let's say everything worked out perfectly for me, there was no incentive to improve outside of doing this show. There was no incentive for me to try to get better because the failure was so complete and it was so uh, restricting that I did not want to keep trying. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when me and Boat did Dragster all those years ago, that's another game that a lot of people hate. But we found joy in this game because I figured out how to play it. And it and it's these games like the, a, a sport like this is difficult to translate to the to I mean as a simulation because. It's something that's difficult to simulate, which is the whole the burnout situation, and then even the game itself. At the peak of greatness, would be a tr- car going down a track, a quarter mile track. That's the game. So it's, yeah, it's tough to translate. I saw a lot of people ragging on the graphics. List. I didn't think they were. I thought they did were an okay. I mean, representation of given what you're looking at, it's not the best. They uh, were okay. Uh, I I think the the crowd. At least I think it's supposed to be a crowd. Just looks like glitched graphics. Yeah, well, that's a that's a. Uh, usually, the crowds at these things are pretty drunk, and I'd say that was probably you know. <laughs> um, and the sound for this is god awful. Yeah, it's not that good. I'm not going to fault them for the attempt. It's a difficult concept to grasp. Now, I will fault them for execution. If any game ever yeah. needed some sort of hand holding, even in the docks for this, it's just basically some good luck sucker. Uh, it's yeah. not good enough. Um, I looked at some reviews on this. Uh, the people at Lemon, uh, C64 Lemon, give this a 6.5. Uh, Info Magazine... Uh, that is incredibly kind. Info gave this a 40 uh, and mentions that uh, it may be it may be that the game is playable, but better documentation is sorely needed. I would say that's a good, uh, uh, a good description. Commodore user gave this a 30. Um, it says, and you had to use this one, uh, despite the lack of useful instructions, demo mode, and any kind of professional polish at all, Top Fuel Challenge does not succeed at being, uh, it does succeed at being authentic in one aspect. It is a real drag. So that was, very <laughs> 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 cute. Zap gave this a 13, a slow, uninteresting, and appallingly presented racing simulation. Uh, it was a, it got murdered, basically. Murdered. Uh, that is a fair establishment of this game. We did get some Discord on it. Uh, 
I couldn't believe people tried it. I did everything I could to get them to try it uh, when I when put the, when I posted this. Uh, Pajaka writes, uh, I've played a few racing games in my time, and this one has to be the most frustrating thing I've ever tried to play. I get that this is trying to be a realistic simulator for hardcore fans of drag racing, but I tried for like 30 minutes to play this game and spent more time in the clunky menus fixing my car or watching the rest of the race results happen on a boring <laughs> tech screen that I did actually playing. A very unforgiving game for a newbie. So sadly, I just didn't get on with this one. Two out of ten. The world-renowned Buck Owens, the Buck. When Buck plays your game, you know it's been played, brother. He writes, this game puts the drag in drag racing one out of ten. Sound is bad. <laughs> Graphics are cheesy. Menu navigation is wacky. Good use of the word. I played for about two frustrating hours. I was able to qualify to win two rounds eventually. I did get a burnout of fair. Only Buck Owens could pull that off. Not sure how. <laughs> Seemed like I was doing the same thing as a poor burnout. Uh, so there you go. Uh, a couple uh, damning testimonials. I should also mention that Petzl mentioned in the Discord. He tried this game. He got stuck in the pits and never got to the track. Not good. Uh, not a good thing, Brent. So, what can, At least I got farther than someone. <laughs> what's left to say about this, uh, it's uh, certainly something that would uh, only appeal to people that were into drag racing and frustration would be my yeah, guess. It, this, this, as a C64 exclusive, it makes no sense that you would pay the money for uh, to, to have that woman's name on your box, and then do such a poor job. Poor job in execution. And I will say the box art's pretty good on this. And also, please, uh, don't let this deter you from looking into Shirley Muldowney. Uh, she, I don't think she was responsible in any way. Uh, and she really <laughs> was a someone uh, who uh, led the way uh, for the ladies in an incredibly male sport. And it is funny, to go, if you go back and watch the stuff on YouTube... When you say, when you hear me say, like, the boys with their little tantrums, they were. You can see them on the track. And she'll sit and laugh at them as they as she smokes them, which is funny. So, and she's worth going out of your way to look into. You could probably skip the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, skip the game. With that much said, the Brent, you also were tasked with pulling out a winner. Now, listen, it's, it's going to be tough to top that, but what do you got? Technically, Aaron, I picked... The Entertainer 3, but what the game we played was Rags to Riches, and I will get into this. Are you going to sing the holy, song? Holy cow, we've got some stories to tell. <laughs> Aaron, before we get into it, and, and I, I see you have the uh, fan-made box art up there, yes. and that's okay. Yes, I do, because I couldn't find because, the real box art. Because most people don't know this, right? <clears throat> Rags to Riches was never released as a single game. It was released as a uh, part of a triple pack by uh, publisher Melody Hall Publishing, right? And the, the pack that it was released in was The Entertainer 3, part of their Valueware software lineup. So you know it's good. When it didn't you, get released it, and it's part of a three pack, <laughs> it was released along uh, the system, or the other games released with it were uh, Star Battle and Robbers of the Lost Tomb. 
Now, I won't be going into those because I did not play them. I only played Rags to Riches. That sounds like a show on its own right there. <laughs> uh, let's Real quickly, let's talk a little bit about uh, Melody Hall Publishing. They were not a huge uh, uh, conglomerate. They only had very limited releases, but the releases included... The Algebra Dragons, uh, The Entertainer, The Entertainer 2, and The Entertainer 3. They were all about that value software. All right. Uh, Some of the games that you could expect to play from them, Dragonfly, Hickory Dickory Dock, Muggin, Seesaw, Snipes, and Star Battle. That's right. Seesaw was a uh, uh, almost like a circus-type game where things fall and shoot your guy up into the air. Let me ask you a question before you keep going. Is yeah. Melody Hall a place or a person? It is neither. It's Melody Hall Publishing. Right, but I just wondered. I saw it in there. <laughs> Let's pretend it's a, it's, a, it's a place. That'd be nice. Well, they did do all the releasing in the U.K., so, you know, it could be. Now, from them... They obviously didn't write this software themselves. They were just uh, bundling this stuff together. So who did make Rags to Riches? Bob Keener. You want to know something about Bob Keener, Aaron? So does everyone else. This man made one game and fell off the planet. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking about people have been trying to reach him as recently as six months ago. There was a huge campaign online to find this guy and ask him what motivated him to make Greg's the Riches, what was his process, uh, if he ever made anything else. This was a solo game by a solo uh, programmer that then completely did nothing else. There was seriously huge, huge uh, uh, fan base trying to find Bob Keener. He is gone. Ho- I, I, I hope he is still alive and somehow sees this video... Bob, if you do see this, please get in contact with us. There are people desperate to talk to you. So let's get into the game proper, Aaron. Rags to Riches. This game has you playing as a a hobo off on the mean streets of some unnamed city where your your, uh, goal is to become rich and famous. And you have to manage your food... You have to manage your alcohol, which is also food, but ha- comes with some drawbacks and some benefits. I'll get into that in a moment. And you have to do odd jobs or take temporary work or, uh, you know, there are ways to make money in this game. And you have to travel around the city and, and uh, it's a life simulator. It's, a, it's a, a homeless person's life simulator. What kind of details does this game get into is extraordinary holy cow how deep does the well go it is nearly infinite so when you start out you are uh, a nameless hobo and you've got your little hobo stick and you're this this large man with a top hat a very stereotypical if you would say homeless person characterization of a homeless person and you can go around and pick up stuff off the street. 
things you can pick up off the street are dimes, bottles, and dollar bills. And if you collect enough bottles, you can turn them into the recycling company to get some money back. And uh, uh, you use your dimes, dimes of in, 10 dimes turn into a dollar, and you can spend your dollars on things like food and lodging. But here's where the game gets great. On top of all that, you're trying to pull yourself out of the gutter. You're trying to improve your life. <clears throat> so you have to spend that money to go get a haircut. And if you don't have a haircut, uh, first of all, you can't get into school. Uh, or you can get into, into high school without getting a haircut. But if you're found on the street all disheveled looking, the police will pull you in, pull, arrest you for loitering, get you off the street. Uh, the other hazards out there, Aaron, is you can get mugged. Yeah, there's no, there's no honor among thieves here. That happened to me tons. The mongers will come and take all of your dollar bills. So if you start to get a, a, a decent bankroll, you're trying to do good, you know, honest work, you might just get mugged. Uh, much, much later in the game, after you start to become successful, uh, muggers aren't the problem. It's the IRS. Because while you're trying to do good, you're also trying to keep your income on the down low. And if the IRS gets you, they take all your money. So you have to manage uh, getting food, finding money, and this game has a day and night cycle. So you can, you'll be playing, <clears throat> and at nighttime, you lose health, which is your food bar, twice as fast because you're exhausted. So you have to find lodging for the night. And the town is split up into north, south, east, and west. And certain parts of the town are considered, you know, the slums. Everything's much cheaper. Buying food is cheaper. Uh, buying alcohol is cheaper. And the jobs don't pay as much. And some parts of uh, the town are rich. You know, it might be $40 to stay in a room as opposed to, you know, like the $4 on some of the other parts of town. And it's, it's all about managing these things and trying to improve yourself, going to high school. you And you, you don't just go to high school and get your diploma. You have to go to high school several times and build up until you get your diploma. And uh, you work odd jobs. You know, these aren't mini games. You just go when the help wanted sign time says, you know, it might say 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And if you go and enter the building during that time, you'll come out with more money. Uh, and you could, the same thing for school and all that stuff. There's a soup kitchen, so you're never to the point where you're just going to die. You can always eat at the soup kitchen for free. Alcohol works exactly like food, yeah. except it's cheaper, And there are, but if you're drunk, <clears throat> if your alcohol is too high, people won't let you work. So you won't be able to work jobs drunk. That's I like that part. I like the fact you can also cash in empties, stuff like that. That's yeah. what a bum would do, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is it is a fun attention to detail. This Some of this just craziness, the way the interaction works, that makes this a stupidly fun game. It's a little bit frustrating, especially if you don't understand how to avoid robbers or anything, because the only 
homelessness are work are walking left and right on the street, and you use up to go into doors and stuff. That's it. It's a very limited control game. And if you see a robber coming, they're faster than you, so you have to duck inside of a building or whatnot. As you're progressing, you're getting your bankroll, right? Your life's getting good. You're eating good meals. Also, if you eat in the ritzier parts of towns, there's more nutritional value to the food. So your food grows, your food bar gets bigger based off of what you eat. So you're traveling through all these things and you start getting jobs that are, you know, $100 a session once you get your high school and your college diploma. Then you can start investing your money. And you actually invest in the stock market, and then avoiding the IRS becomes way more critical. It, the unfortunate part of this game is there's no end, right? There's no, I have enough money. Uh, most people try to play to the point where you have a million dollars, which really, once you get about the $50,000 range, you've seen everything the game has to offer. But uh, getting there is challenging. It's a challenging balance of balancing your food and your money and running away from robbers. Uh, It was an incredibly enjoyable experience for me. Uh, The graphics on this are not typical for the C64. They're very big and blocky graphics, but it fits this game so well. Aaron, what did you think of Rags to Riches? You know, this game reminded me much, much more of a of a ZX Spectrum game. This is the kind of game I would have expected to play on there, uh, including the, even the big kind of blocky graphics. Uh, would that you know we me and Boat have played a ton of of C sixty four game or uh, of ZX Spectrum games that were like this, where you kind of sure. had a character that went around and did something like this. Usually they're more puzzly. This one's more like uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, Hobo Simulator. It's funny, me and Boat were just talking about hobos the other night, and so and I was like, this game was on my mind because this guy's your well, we quintessential called hobo. If you're yeah, oh, that was a long time ago, uh, but this guy's got the the hobo uh, bag. Someone, uh, someone, somewhere told me what that bag was called. I can't remember. He's got the classic hobo hat. He he's got the kerchief. I mean, he did a good job rendering the guy. He's got a uh, he's got the uh, beard. Uh, this game, I, well, I didn't know what to do with it at first. I mean, it comes up. I'm just like, what in God's name is this, you know? And it is an unusual game. It can be frustrating at first when you don't know how it works. Because I just died. I mean, I, the game ended early a lot because I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Uh, but uh, Well, the only way to die is to starve to death. That's right. And oh, I didn't understand the, the concepts of it. Like, for example, I didn't realize you could go into buildings until I'd played for about a half hour. I'm like, oh. That's kind of cool. <laughs> well, I'm just saying you wouldn't expect that sort of thing, you know. Uh, I thought this was real neat uh, uh, game. I was actually surprised that uh, I'd not heard of this anywhere because this does seem like the kind of game that would get some notoriety uh, because it's so unusual. Yeah. And uh, uh, and it's actually sort of as a positive message. I like the fact that you've got uh, uh, an education gauge, a rest and fuel gauge, and a booze gauge. I always thought that was funny. And you can see how this guy, like you said, booze is cheap. You can keep that charged up early on. It was frustrating to get robbed so much. I got robbed all the time. Yeah. And and that would be, and I'd be working hard to get that bread, man. 
You know, so that got frustrating. How far into this did you did you did you get a million dollars or whatever? I didn't play to a million, but I played to the point where I was investing money. And at that point, you're just continuing the loop. You know, I was watching the playthrough here, and the guy playing this is a lot smarter than I was. Because usually <laughs> when the uh, the robber comes out, you're pretty much just boned. It never occurred to me to kind of duck into a building. Go into a building, when yeah. When he came around. But, I mean, yeah, this game is real unique. I mean, I've got to say, uh, you got real lucky on this one. What drew you to this one, uh, the brief? <clears throat> this, uh, the title, more than anything, I, I, I figured I could learn a thing or two. And I... <laughs> I found out that uh, I'm way too lazy to go from rags to riches. Uh, Aaron, this game has an absolute cult following. Uh, it's a small cult, don't get me wrong, uh, but they do speed runs of this game. Really? Uh, speed runs? You're kidding speed me. Run, yeah, so much so that there's actually three categories that you can speed run. You can speed run uh, to fastest to high school graduate. Or you can speed run fastest to college degree, which seems to be the most popular uh, uh, category. Uh, or you can speed run to a million dollars. And looking at the top speedrunners of this, uh, it, it, it's kind of interesting because you've got people from Germany, Italy, uh, Sw Sweden, and America. So this is a, a something that has reached the entire globe. Uh, and was only released ever released in the UK. But this is one of those games where, well, let's put it this way. Did you know this was part of a compilation? I, I, well, I, I learned some of that when I was trying to find logos and boxes for it. And it could, right, but I bet you didn't know what compilation it was a part not of. Not until you said it, no. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know. And the reason why is uh, people don't look at this as a compilation because the only thing in the compilation that meant anything was the rags to riches game. Uh, so much so that that's what people just call this compilation. It's, they don't even say the rags to riches compilation. They just say the rags to riches game. Uh, so it, it really went far and beyond what the package held, right? You get three games in this, but no one even recognizes the other two games. And when I talked about people were out there looking for Bob Keener, the, the uh, programmer for this game, I'm dead serious about that. There have been <clears throat> massive efforts to find him, to talk to him about this game, and, and unfortunately, you know, nothing's ever came of it. This is probably uh, the classic tale of a bedroom programmer that put something together probably got a few bucks for their effort and and just moved on. You know, really to be completely honest, that is the best case scenario, right? Cuz otherwise he died and that's why he didn't keep going. Oh jeez, so. yeah, that, I suppose, yeah. Uh, or fell in hard times and wasn't able to. But there are so many of these type of games out there, Aaron, that you have to really look and explore the titles that you're uncomfortable with. You have to play the stinkers to find little gems like this. Now, is this the best game in the world? No, it's not. But considering what it did in 1985, having a day and night cycle, having uh, uh, a life management simulator on 85 on a Commodore, 
that's pretty awesome in my book. Well, I will say, I'd like to take responsibility for this one. Because I felt like I jumped on a grenade this week, so you could come and come up with this awesome game. <laughs> well, it did. It did look. It was easy to look better by comparison. I, and I, I'll say that without without any hesitation. Uh, if you want to buy Rags to Riches, good luck. The other uh, games put out by uh, the publisher are out there to find. The other Melody Hall Publishing games. You can usually find the compilations for about 12 bucks, but I could not find a single Rags to Riches compilation uh, to be purchased. Oh. So not something you're going to go out there and find. I, I will say, not to, just to lift the spirits of people that were looking for this, my game is readily available on eBay for between $18 and $30, complete in box. <laughs> so feel free to go and get Shirley Muldowney's Top Fuel Challenge instead. Well, that, that's kind of like living the rags to riches in real life. Yeah. Because if you buy that, man, you are you are living the rags. You know, Britt, you did get a, a review of this. Uh, 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 our good buddy Pajaco6502 uh, writes, I started out liking the game, but it didn't last. Uh-oh. Oh! The gameplay and concept is good, but it all relies too much on luck than strategy. I've had days in because I was robbed after starting and then couldn't buy food in time. Yes, that happened to me. One time I got a hotel for the night. I walked out the next day and was instantly robbed. There's no way to stop it. <laughs> Let the robber take your money as he'll probably catch you anyway and running waste energy. Early on, let the policeman jail you and rest free. I did that too. Plus, it'll advance the clock a little so you can use the soup kitchen for free food. Pachaco sounds like he's speaking. This sounds like a life story as opposed to a game <laughs> review. Um, to try to make money early on, uh, you can get a, if you can get across town without dying, is to get bones at the meat packing factory, and then go to the junkyard and collect lots of bottles to trade in next door and repeat. There's a good chance you will be robbed or arrested during this, so it's not foolproof. You gotta take the bones so you can get past the dog, uh, I'll mention. The best I managed was to get a haircut and a job on day two, but then I got robbed again and died of starvation. It's tough <clears throat> being a bum, Brent. A great, Here's, a great concept, but certainly one to check out for something different. But its randomness is the game's major flaw, and so it quickly goes from fun to frustrating. Five out of ten. A few things to note for anyone who does want to to try this game out. Okay, one thing: there can only be one citizen slash cop slash robber on the screen at a time with your character. So if you're trying to get from point A to point B, wait until you have a regular citizen on the screen walking the same direction you want to go and follow them, tail them. Oh, a good tip. Thing number two, the robber will only steal dollar bills. So if you can get to $10, (laughs) you can actually bank that $10 and you won't get robbed. To get to that point, you can also buy subway tickets. Because you're always going to need subway tickets. So you can just, if you know you're going to get robbed or feel like you're going to get robbed, buy subway tickets. Uh, That's kind of a way of saving your money, banking your money. Um, Yeah, turning bottles for money. You don't have to have a haircut to go to high school. Trust me, that's true. (laughs) So your first goal should just be getting that high school diploma. And then once you get a high school diploma, you can go to college, and the college dorms is only 2 bucks a night. 
So if you just have a little bit of money banked, you can just hang out at college and just keep going in, going in. And the food, there's a, a $4 food uh, place close by that you can kept, yeah, keep fed. I enjoyed this game, Aaron, way more than I probably should have. Uh, I'm so happy to have found it. This is like the Oregon Trail for bums, basically. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, we, I think we can end this segment on any better note. I, this is a winner. You know what also is a winner, Brent, sometimes? And that's our good buddy, The Wheel. Let's kick it up. And now be- Yes, Aaron. Now, before we get too deep into The Wheel action, let's talk about another uh, winner, uh, my good friend. And that's our good buddy over at RetroRewind.ca. Yes. Frank will take care of you, and he'll do it with a smile on his face. Why? Because he enjoys his work. He's a crazy man. He worked his way out from the soup kitchens. He went to high school. He got a haircut. And now look at him. He's the king dong of repair and computer sales. And he's the sponsor of our Retro Rewind piece on the wheel. We appreciate that, Frank. Frank is full service. We just covered the C64, Brent. And guess what? Frank will work on those suckers for you. Are you? Is your C64, did you accidentally dump some of your booze on there? Maybe some of your food? <laughs> yeah. Send it to Frank. Frank can repair, he can recap, and if that's not your bag, he'll sell you the recaps and do it yourself once you sober up. Well, yes, see, it, it's all about the progression, Aaron. You you break it initially, right? And you're like, man, my C64 is broke. I'm going to ship this off to Frank and get it fixed. Bam. Then you start learning a little bit. You're 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 looking at the marvelousness that he did. Marvelousness. Think, that's right. That's a word. I just made it up. It means super good. <clears throat> and you say... I think I can do that. And you order some stuff off Frank. You order your cap kits. You try it yourself. You blow it up again. Then you send it back to Frank because he'll fix it up right. I'm sure, Frank, I know from a certain man named Doug that sometimes the do-it-yourselfers, there could be a slight malfunction at the junction. And Frank's there to pick up the pieces. You know, not just like your game, but also like my game. Let's say you're playing your computer. Man, you burn that sucker out, right? (laughs) You know, your Coco's at the house. Uh-oh, I had to, I left it on for three days. Bam. Frank will take care of you. He's also got the goods to upgrade that machine. You got yes. a machine from the 80s? Are you kidding me? You don't have an SD solution? Frank will take care of you. You got a Coco? He'll sell you an SDC, make your life a lot easier. A lot easier. You don't have a Kung Fu Flash for your Commodore? Are you nuts? Those things are better than Christmas, man. He'll set you up, brother. On top of everything else, do you need diagnostic tools? Do you need ROM upgrades? Frank's got them all. Please, we would urge you to check him out at RetroRewind.ca. Trust me, if Frank saw a bum walking down the street, he'd throw the guy two dimes and an empty beer bottle. I guarantee it. <laughs> With all that said, Brent, it's wheel time. I've got our top wheel here, uh, and we've got the Retro Rewind piece of the week, Brent, and I put it on myself. It's the BAM Acorn Electron, Brent. The Acorn oh, Electron. Isn't that nice? Shall we spin this sucker? Anything you'd like to see come up, the Brent? Uh, I would like to do an ARG battle, please, sir. I don't. Let's do it. Let's spin now. And the winner is the L oh Boy. It's, yep, that's what I thought it was. This was a suggestion from the On Collective, the Apricot F1. The Apricot F1. So we're going back 
Oh, back down the rabbit hole, Brent, for the old apricot. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Can I just eat an apricot and call it even? No, no, you can't. Oh. Now, we should talk. Let's have a talk, the Brent. Oh. Because uh, a week, uh, less than a week from the recording of this show, I'm talking uh, July 30th, it's all going down, Brent. It's Amigathon 2022, brother. Myself, <clears throat> John, Boat of Karshaller, the Brent. We're getting together, and we're going to play some games, Brent. We're not just going to play any games. We're playing Amiga games, brother. It's Amigathon, and we're not playing one hour, not five hours, not even eight hours, not even 11 hours, but 12 hours of nonstop Amiga action. There'll be four big hours at the luxurious and accommodating boat estate. And then I will whisk uh, across the uh, the road here over to the arcade where I'll meet up with the Brent for four more hours of Amiga action. And then lastly, the last four hours are the mystery hours. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen on those parts, but we're going to be playing Amiga games, that's for sure. And we're raising money, Brent, uh, to benefit the Children's Miracle Network. Yeah, uh, You know, Boat told me a statistic... That really blew my mind, uh, the Brent. This is a, it ain't bragging. It's fact, brother. Uh, we've raised in excess of twenty grand over Woo! the years for uh, uh, for the cause. I can't believe that. Uh, can you? That's a lot of money. That that's a that's a lot of moolah. Yeah. And so, are you excited for this one? I'm not excited that I feel like the arcade is going to be a blazing inferno, but I'm going to do it for the kids. That's it. I, well, I'm hoping that it won't be super hot. You know, uh, if you are interested, and in, you you don't have to wait for Megathon. That's for chumps. You could go and donate right now at bit.ly forward slash Megathon 2022. Brent, so far, uh, thanks to a very generous donation uh, from our sponsor, RetroRewind.ca, and the generous donations of many of the fine listeners, we've already raised $2,117, Brent. Bam! That's great. Frank matched the first $1,000, which is awesome. Yes. Thank you, Frank. We appreciate that. Again, that's Frank from RetroRewind.ca. He's not just a guy that'll fix your stuff or sell you other stuff, but he's a charitable dude, man, and he's it takes care of the community. We appreciate that. Absolutely. So, again, if, uh, you can go anytime to bit dot ly forward slash amigathon 2022 and throw in a pledge or you can wait till the show either way it's good to, you're good to go it should be a lot of fun uh the brent i'm looking forward to uh getting in there and playing some games and I, i'm hoping this week you'll come up with some games that you'll be interested in playing so we can have some interesting stuff to try you can also just go to amigathon.com oh yeah oh Damn. there you go there you go also good i've got the uh amiga mini here remember this thing I think we're going to use that to play a lot of games. That'll be fun because we'll, we can see how they run, too. So it's going to be a combination Ooh. of Amigathon slash tire kick. And we're, we're going to kick the, kick the tar out of this thing. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what our schedule will be next week in terms of ARG, but we'll be probably have something uh, ready to go uh, at the usual time. Uh, we'll have something for you. It might not be the acorn. <laughs> Uh, it's not the acorn, it's the, the apricot. Or, or the apricot. It definitely won't you be You wish acorn. it was the acorn. That's that's for <laughs> suckers. Uh, we might do a special presentation since we're going to be coming off of Megathon, but we're going to be here doing something, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, we should be back to our normal routine. I do apologize for being ill. 
uh, for the past week. Uh, but uh, and Brent bravely no wanted to go on. Hey, it's true. Uh, but uh, uh, come on, you uncaring, unfeeling bum. That's right. That's right. Clearly, your I'm alcohol levels are low. Bottle. Yeah. Any final word, Brent? Uh, go play Rags to Riches. It yes, it is seriously good enough to look up and play. Yeah, and check out Amigathon next Saturday at 9 a.m. at Eastern Standard Time. We appreciate you guys. Go out, get yourself a dime. Get yourself some empties, and don't let that alcohol meter run too low. Adios, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector-style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Baron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Rong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Brown, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco 6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Edel, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.